Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another PC Boys podcast. This is your boy, Logan. I hope you're all having a fantastic day. So, before I get started on today's podcast, talking about the all-new Scream movie, the trailer, my thoughts on it, some theories... I just want to let you all know um, what I have decided to do with my podcasting format going forward and clear that up and out of the way with because I've really put a lot of uh, thought and effort into this. So for those of you that uh, don't know, I run two different podcasts right now. I run PC Boys Uncensored on Rumble and I run PC Boys, this podcast, the main podcast, on pretty much every um, platform you can think of where podcasts are. And I decided that I am no longer going to be recording video for the main channel. And there's a few reasons why I've decided this. Number one, the only place you can view the video podcast is on Spotify. So it's a lot of extra work to, you know, set up, film, edit, and then upload it. Um, or excuse me, export it, then upload it. Um... Rather than just doing the audio. The audio is quick. I don't got to edit it nearly as much. And it's a lot less of a hassle. And I can get more content out without having to wait long periods of time to upload video files. So that's the two main reasons why I decided the main channel is no longer going to have any video components at all. And originally, they were specific to Spotify only. I am refusing to go to YouTube because YouTube is a very censored area. Um... And even though my main channel covers video games and movies and doesn't really cover much controversial topics, I'm not taking my chance and putting my time into a uh, platform that could potentially take me off for a unspecified reason. So that's why I'm choosing to make all these main channel podcasts audio only and not really focusing on any video at all. Now, if you are somebody that is into red pill content, male self-improvement, or if you are a woman that wants to learn about the red pill space or learn how to become a more traditional woman um, or understand why that is very valued amongst men, um, please go check out my Rumble, PC Boys Uncensored. Um, I should have the links in the description. If not, though, go to my Instagram, PC Boys Podcast. And on the links in there, there's the link to our Discord, which is uh, a community aspect where you can talk to people amongst the community. I'm going to have to make two separate text channels, one for Rumble, one for the main pod. Um, But obviously, if I see people creating problems in the Discords between the two very different groups, I will have to ban people off there because, you know, I'm trying to run two different podcasts and I don't need one interfering with the other. It's that simple. It's about uh, respect. Um, but so yeah, that's, uh, so that's in there. There's also a link to my Rumble channel, merch, and my Getter, and I haven't, I don't really use Getter much right now, but I have it there just in case I get banned off of Instagram. It would be my alternative because these mainstream platforms, because I'm on Rumble, it's, um, the main, it's very likely the mainstream platforms will get rid of me at some point. Um, but as long as they let me on there, I will, uh, keep things going. So... The main thing we are going to be discussing today is the Scream 6 trailer and giving my thoughts on what I think the story is going to be, what's going to happen, and that kind of uh, whole ordeal. So first and foremost, let's talk about the trailer. The trailer starts off very uh, quick and heavy. Um, We clearly see Ghostface killing somebody in a bodega. Um, not really caring of many people around. He dodges a shotgun blast at point-blank range, which 
I mean, when you first watch the trailer, it looks like he disappears, but if you slow it down and look at it frame by frame, you can clearly tell he's, you know, ducking, but that's still very quick reflexes, and he takes a shotgun from the store owner and shoots him with it, and I think that's interesting, and a lot of people I saw getting mad about Ghostface using a gun, Ghostface has used a gun in different Scream movies, sure, it's normally once the killer is unmasked, but I, I think Ghostface gets a free pass on using guns compared to other slashers, because... Ghostface is not like other slasher villains, right? There is no, like, preferable weapon. Ghostface kind of does whatever. It's a little bit loose. It's a little bit different. And that's what I like about Ghostface. Um, so, another thing that we also know about this movie, it takes place in New York. Hopefully that doesn't make the quality go, um, you know, down. I don't think it will, though, because when you're in a city with a lot of people, shoulder to shoulder... You know, Ghostface sneaking up on victims is a lot easier that way, and it definitely creates a lot of tension. Kirby is back, of course, and I believe she's playing a police officer. Gail is returning in this movie as well. Um, and we also get to see that um, there is, like, this Ghostface shrine where there's a bunch of objects from all the Scream movies from Scream 1 through 5 in this place. All the different Ghostface costumes are in this place, which leads me to believe that there's a potential cult of Ghostface, potentially, but I'm not sure about that. And also in this movie, we have the Ghostface mask, but it looks very tattered and worn down, a lot like Michael Myers' mask in the uh, recent Blumhouse trilogy. So, you know, there's a lot here in this trailer that gets you excited and this Ghostface even mentions that he's different, but then again, that could just be a whole marketing ploy. It doesn't really mean anything um, until we see the movie. But ultimately, this movie is um, very exciting. It's one of the very uh, few movies this year that I'm actually really hyped for. Because as of right now, there's only two movies I'm actually hyped for. Scream and Ant-Man Quantumania. And depending on the next Marvel project's... With their trailers and stuff, maybe they'll get me excited for the movies, but at this moment in time, I can't say that I am. Um, and I'm not even going to go into the TV side of things, because we're, we're not going to go there. Um, but yeah, so for the Scream franchise, um, and, and this movie in particular, right, Scream is, is, is a very safe franchise in my opinion, because all their movies are enjoyable. Like, every Scream, even the worst Scream movie that you could think of, right, is enjoyable. I don't really think I've talked to anybody that said that there's a Scream movie out there that really sucks. Like, every other horror movie franchise has a definitively terrible movie in the franchise. You know, Chucky, Halloween, Friday 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, they all got their really, really bad uh, movies in their franchises. But when it comes to Scream, it's that one anomaly. But then again, Scream is also a franchise based upon different rules than most slashers. And on top of that, you're trying to guess who the killer is the entire movie. So there's a different aspect to it. It makes it more fun. So even if the movie itself isn't actually good, you don't notice that on the first initial watch-through because the first initial watch-through is you're watching chaos happen. You're trying to guess who the killer is. You're playing a game, your first viewing experience of the movie. The, the time you start to really critically look at Scream is not from a first viewing, but from the multiple viewings afterwards. And that's the best way uh, to to look at Scream and, and judge it is based upon multiple viewings. Because like I said, unlike other slasher movies where you're watching a story and the kills, with Scream, not only are you watching the story and the kills, but you're trying to guess who the killer is. There is an active component to Scream as a franchise. 
So it's not as simple, right? So yes, um, in this movie, I have a few th theories. Number one, there's a cult of Ghostface. In the previous movie, we had already talked about the fact that there was a potential of a cult of Ghostface. In every Scream movie, outside of one, there's been at least two killers. In, Go in Scream 3, we had one killer. But normally, it's a, it's a duo pair. First movie was two. Second movie was two. Third movie was one. Fourth movie was two. And the last movie was also two. So, here's the thing. This movie might really change it up, and it might be more than just two killers. And I think that that would actually be very interesting. Second theory. I think Kirby is the killer. Now, I know a lot of people are going to say this makes no sense because Kirby is a cop. And Kirby also survived a Ghostface killing. But here's the thing about Kirby. Kirby is very knowledgeable about horror movies. And yeah, sure, she might be a cop. But that would be the perfect cover to have an unsuspecting killer. And also when Ghostface says that they are a little different. What would be more different than having a killer that is a cop. And is a victim of a previous Ghostface attack. You wouldn't really see it coming, right? You would start assuming they're probably on the good guys team. But I think Kirby is actually one of the Ghostface. That would be my guess. And potentially, right, the other Ghostface could be Stu. And the reason that I have this theory, right, is because, think about it, the old tattered Ghostface mask could be Stu. The tattered mask resembling or being a um a a sign of that ghost face being an older person aka Stu. number two kirby could be the ghost face that's wearing the clean white mask so this is the thing Right? About this new Scream movie. Because there's apparently going to be multiple different Ghostface masks used. At least that's what it's sounding like right now. In the rumor mill. Um, if this happens to be the case. And even in the trailer you see Ghostface using a clean mask and a tattered mask. If, if there is a cult of Ghostface. That would obviously mean there's more than two. But if we're just going by the basic rule of Ghostface being two different people. Kirby is probably one, and there might be a ghost face from the past coming back. And I would personally love that because it would definitely be different. Like I said, Scream has yet to do that. Scream is yet to bring back a previous killer under the presumption that they're already dead. So nobody's going to be think like, everybody's going to be like, oh, who on screen is the killer? But if you bring back an old killer from earlier on in the franchise, like Stu... No one's going to be guessing it's Stu. Because in the back of people's minds, they're probably going to be like, well, Stu's dead. There's obviously those out there that thought Stu was the a killer in the last movie they had. But this one, it would actually make more sense. Considering the shrine. Considering um, the old tattered ghost face mask. I don't know. To me, this one just feels different in that uh, way. And then obviously having Kirby be a killer as well would really throw everything off considering that she was a previous survivor and that she's a cop in this movie. 
But think about this. How would somebody be able to get a hold of all the previous ghost face memorabilia if they were a part of crime scenes? Maybe somebody that's in on the police force. Leading me to theory number three. If we are going with this cult of ghost face, right? Or ghost face. Wouldn't it make sense that this new detective guy that is coming along in this new cast, wouldn't it make sense for him to be the third ghost face? Think about it. If he's a detective and Kirby is a cop, I would think one of them would have access to prior crime scene materials, such as the ghost face costumes, the knives, and the things from the other ghost face movies. Would make sense to me. So, this new Ghostface movie, there's a lot of things that I'm looking at this and I'm like, look, there's, there's a lot of things here that is pointing to a cult of Ghostface and, and pointing to someone in law enforcement being involved. Not to mention, Ghostface using a gun. Now, I know most people, right, probably don't know how to use guns unless you're a gun enthusiast or a hunter. The average person, probably not very familiar with using guns, even in the United States. It all depends on, like I said, are you a hunter, a gun collector, a Second Amendment aficionado? Like, it all depends, right? Um, but at the end of the day, I think that somebody who knows how to use a gun and someone that has quick reflexes, like, I don't know, a cop, a detective, being able to utilize a gun would make sense. In this trailer, there's plenty of things here saying, look, there's probably a police officer that is a ghost face. So I think there's potentially three different ghost faces. The detective in this movie, Kirby, and Stu. Those would be my three main guesses as of right now as to who the ghost face could be. Stu being the one in the old tattered mask, re resembling his age and kind of like... Someone coming back from the dead, right? So that one could be Stu. Then one of the ones wearing the clean ghost face mask could be Kirby. Or could be the detective in this movie. And like I said, the ghost face shrine, it would only make sense that a detective working on ghost face related cases or Kirby, right, be, would have the access to get a hold of previous crime scene uh, materials, such as knives, costumes, etc. So to me, yes, I think that this ghost face, or multiple ghost face, is going to be related to the past in some kind of way, and in law enforcement. That's what all the, at least what all the, you know, um, factors are pointing to as of this moment in time. So, with that being said... Those are kind of my thoughts on the new Scream trailer and kind of my theories on what I think is going on. And, um, you know, I haven't done th a, a theory podcast on a movie in a long time. Matter of fact, I don't think I've done a um, theory kind of uh, topic since Spider-Man No Way Home. And that was back in, like, December. I could be wrong. I probably did something like that for Prey. Um, and that was back in August, but I'm not sure. 
Because you guys got to remember, right? The main podcast here has kind of been all over the place in terms of content. When I've been posting it, when I haven't been. Um, some of it is school-related. Some of it is due to the fact I'm putting more time into my Rumble channel than this channel. And ultimately, that's due to the fact that movies and video games right now are very slow, right? World War Z launched an update the other day, but I'm not really going to cover it because, number one, not many people give a shit about World War Z. Like, if I'm looking at my analytics, not many people give a fuck about that game, so I'm not going to talk about it much. Call of Duty is a hit-or-miss subject. It honestly depends. Most of the time it's as well, though. Well enough. Um, and they got Season 2 coming out on, what, February 15th or something like that, so I'll be talking about that when I get there. I'll be watching Wakanda Forever around February 7th-ish. So, I'll have that podcast up with a review of that movie, because I have yet to see Wakanda Forever. Um, Ant-Man will be coming out soon as well, so I'll probably get to talk about that. Um, yeah, I mean, there are things coming down the pipeline for this channel, it's just the fact of, do I have the time to actually cover these things? Because like I said, with me working out, me doing my Rumble channel, this channel, school, my job, and now I have a girlfriend, so that's some news. Um, it really all depends, right? And also another thing that this main channel has a problem with, unlike my Rumble channel... Because on my Rumble channel, we talk about manosphere stuff, so giving men advice, giving women advice, and talking about society and all this other stuff, reacting to videos and stuff, which I'm going to start doing on there soon. There's so much content that I can do on Rumble all the time. Because the internet, society, and everything is so crazy, there's always something to talk about. Now, in the movie and video game space, it's a little bit different, because movies and video games, to get news, updates, trailers and reviews, and all that other stuff, it takes time to get updates, to, to talk about stuff, and then you gotta also think, am I actually into what I'm talking about, that's the other problem, right, because if I'm sitting here, and I'm talking about movies, or I'm talking about video games, and I have no shits, like, I don't care about what I'm talking about, it, it's pointless for me to talk about, because you're gonna notice it in my voice, and the chances are the podcast is gonna be very short, to the point where it's like, why did you even bother creating one? Kind of sure, right? So at the end of the day, you know, I want you guys to be happy with the content I put on here. I want you guys to be excited about the content that comes on here. So I always try to choose subjects that I actually am passionate about That I, when I talk about. Marvel has not given me enough content to be passionate about in the past year. Right? I've talked about Marvel Project, but the quality of them have been so bad that it's hard for me to really get into it. I won't lie to you guys. I haven't been on my Marvel game in a while. This past year, I think I have delved into less Marvel news and updates and theories and stuff that I have ever done. Because the quality of Marvel has just taken such a decline. I think this new Ant-Man movie is going to bring it up, but... It then depends on the movies after that if it continues an upward trend or not. Phase 5 needs to be good because Phase 4 was terrible. And if you get to the next few Avengers movies, right, which everyone obviously it's going to be big and everyone's going to be waiting for them. But if your build up to those movies is not good, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be less impactful than the Infinity Saga. And this is the main thing, right? about Marvel then and now, the Infinity Saga was an 
exciting journey from start to finish, right? Because when they first started with Iron Man, they weren't expecting this to turn into this big thing. But as each movie had good returns, good reception, you know, Marvel looked like it couldn't even fail. The problem is, post-Avengers Endgame, things started to get fucked up. Now, yes, Spider-Man is a saving grace for Marvel. The reason for that is because Spider-Man is Marvel. Spider-Man is the biggest brand and the biggest hero Marvel has to offer. Everybody knows who Spider-Man is, just like everybody knows who Batman is. Right? And at the end of the day, when you look at Spider-Man... You want Spider-Man to be this character going forward in Marvel that produces, you know, number one, sold seats in, in theaters, but also um, having that be a flagship character. The only problem with Spider-Man is, is the fact that, number one, is the actor going to want to stick around for another decade, right? And just do Spider-Man stuff, so you have to think about that. <laughs> Another thing you have to think about as well on top of Spider-Man is do Sony and Marvel continue to play ball with each other? Um, and that's always a situation, depending on where Sony is, you know, that that ends up, it could go good or bad. Um, but ultimately, yes, Phase 5 for Marvel has to be a slam dunk because if it's not... Marvel's going to have a hard time retaining people. There's always going to be the people out there that consume Marvel content and love it and think it's the best thing ever, even if it sucks. They could literally, like, there will be people out there, they could release a two-second clip of fucking, I don't know, Captain Marvel just punching a wall with her finger and they think it's the best thing they've ever seen. There are people that will literally sit out there and, and, and you know, defend Marvel to death. I'm a Marvel fan. I have been a Marvel fan ever since I was a young child. But here's the problem with the MCU now compared to then. The quality, the CGI, the makeup is not as good as it used to be. If you watch the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special, that was terrible. The production value of that show or um, event was, it was garbage. Nebula looked terrible especially. Makeup job was terrible. So, at the end of the day, when we're talking about Marvel moving forward and what we want from Marvel, we want good projects. I was talking with one of my professors, and she's a huge Marvel fan. Like, she gets the Pop Funkos, subscribe to Disney Plus all year, right? And we were talking about Marvel, and we both agreed that <laughs> She-Hulk was terrible. And I actually watched all of She-Hulk. I watched every fucking episode. Despite how much I hated that show. And oh, I hated She-Hulk. Okay? But I still watched it all the way through so that way there was content to talk about. Because if the, mo if the show isn't good and I can't praise it and get excited about it, I can fucking dunk on it and meme on it. And that's still gonna, you know, be entertaining to a degree. The problem with She-Hulk is, is that She-Hulk is just... Not a well-written show. And the CGI wasn't great. So, yeah. But moving forward, right? Marvel has some bangers. Once they get fucking shit figured out with Blade, I'm excited about that. Right? And that's supposed to come out in November of this year. We'll see if that ends up happening or not. But as of right now, it's still 
on track to, to happen. Um, so there's Blade. Obviously, the new Deadpool with Wolverine. Exciting. We know Spider-Man 4 is going to get announced sometime soon. I would... Obviously, they need to get Spider-Man 4 out before the next Avengers movie. Because the next w Avengers movie is in 2025. So we have two years before we get to that Avengers movie. That will be in May. So, Spider-Man, if I were to guess, would probably come out in either... June, July, or December, or January. And the reasons I say that is because, number one, it would be a Sony-released movie, right? Marvel Studios tends to release movies around either the February-May mark, right? So around there. They tend to have a movie in the summertime, so somewhere between June to August, and they always have a later on movie in the, at the end of the year, right? And normally that would be anywhere between November and December. So if you're thinking about Marvel release dates, it would make sense. I know the year Spider-Man No Way Home came out, that came out in December, but Eternals came out that year, Shang-Chi came out that year, Oh, what was, I swear there was another movie that came out that year as well. That was a Marvel Studios movie because, oh, uh, what would have it, what would it have been? What would it have it been? I swear there was one other movie that came out that year. There was at least four Marvel movies that year, right? Venom came out in October. What the fuck? I swear there was another movie coming out er earlier that year. Oh yeah, Doctor, Doctor... No. No, Doctor Strange came out after. What the fuck am I thinking of? There was definitely another movie that year. There had to have been. But yeah. Sony released two movies that year. Venom and Spider-Man. And they were like a few months apart from each other. Right? Because Venom came out in October. And Spider-Man came out in December. So, it's a Sony released movie. So if Marvel wanted to do their three movie slate as per usual. Right? Do their... Early year, you know, February to May. Then have their summer movie between June and August. And their end of the year between October or December, which normally it tends to be November, right? If Marvel has an end of the year movie, it's normally during November. Black Widow. That was the other movie that came out the same year Spider-Man No Way Home did. So, okay. So now that I got all that figured out. So there's three Marvel movies that year. You had Black Widow in the summer. And you had Shang-Chi and Eternals. Those would be the three Marvel Studios movies that year. One was in July, one was in August, um, and one was in um, November. And the Spider-Man No Way Home came out in late December because it was around Christmas time. They could do that with Spider-Man 4, right? They could have their three movies in 2024 and put out Spider-Man movie in December around Christmas time. They could do that. The only problem is when it comes to Christmas time is, you know, you're competing with Christmas and New Year's. So those are holidays where people are home with their families. So you would be losing potential money on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day and Christmas. So, yeah. That'd be the only thing you're competing with. But Spider-Man No Way Home, it didn't seem to fucking matter. Because everybody wants to see that movie, right? 
But the main thing is about Spider-Man 4, Spider-Man 4 is not going to have the hype behind it that Spider-Man No Way Home did, if we're just going to be real. Because, I mean, Spider-Man No Way Home, you brought back all the old Spider-Men, right? And you also brought back the villains and everything. You're not going to top that with a casual Spider-Man movie. So, if they were to do Spider-Man, their best bet would probably be in January um, of 2025. Right, if you really, really wanted to get him in there. And if you also put him in in early January, and let's say Marvel in 2025 wanted to put a movie out in February, then you would have about a whole month of dominance. A whole month to make that Spider-Man movie make money. So, Spider-Man is one of the main flagship Marvel characters and always will be. There's a reason why Marvel is trying so hard to keep Spider-Man in everything possible. Literally, if you want to take a look at how many projects Spider-Man has been in, okay, and he was introduced in Civil War, he, he's been in Civil War, Spider-Man Homecoming, Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame, he's been in Far From Home, and he's been in No Way Home. Spider-Man has been in six Marvel movies, three of his own, three other guest appearances in the past ten years, because what? Um, Civil War came out in 2016, I think, yeah, so Civil War came out in like 2016, I think, around that time, 2016, 2015, some, some, some fucking wear in there, and so, at the end of the day, when it came to Captain America Civil War to now, Spider-Man's already had six appearances in the MCU. Spider-Man 4 would be his seventh, and so forth. And you gotta remember this, right? If you take a look at all other Marvel characters, right, like the old OG Avengers, it was relatively the same thing. They had a lot of those appearances. The problem with Marvel Studios right now is they have so many characters they're trying to juggle, it's like, okay, well, here's your problem. You have major Avengers movies, right? Where you are going to bring in all these extra characters. But the less projects you have to further flesh out these other new characters you're introducing, the less connected people are to them. Spider-Man is a very easy one, right? Spider-Man's a slam dunk. He's a given. But let's talk about like a Kate Bishop, a Miss Marvel, a Moon Knight, a Werewolf by Night. You need more projects with these characters in it in order to make people more connected. Now, think about this, right? Spider-Man, Kate Bishop, Miss Marvel, and what's another young hero they got that they're trying to build up? Let's just use those three as an example. Start a Young Avengers. We know that Marvel Studios wants to do Young Avengers at some point in the MCU. Here's my only problem, though. If you're going to do the Young Avengers, you need to have Spider-Man in there as, as the leader, in my opinion. The reason I say that is because, number one, Spider-Man's young, but also Spider-Man, out of the Young Avengers, has the most experience and screen time out of them all. Think about it, right? If Spider-Man is your flagship character that everybody knows, why would you want to make the team leader of the Young Avengers Someone that's more obscure. Do you real like who's gonna bring in more tickets? Spider-Man, obviously. You think 
Kate Bishop's going to be bringing in the, the tickets as much as Spider-Man. And let's be real here. As much as people love Haley Steinfeld, me included, and many other people, right? The main problem you're running into is the fact that more people are going to go watch Spider-Man than Haley Steinfeld. Because girls love Tom Holland and boys love Spider-Man. So, it's a win-win for you to have Spider-Man there. Yeah, sure, you got star power with, um, you know, Kate Bishop, Hawkeye. You know, you have the youthfulness of Kamala Khan. But when we're talking about this, Spider-Man's the most established. And girls like Tom, boys like Spider-Man, right? So, you're, you get the win. You get an easy slam dunk. Spider-Man, in my opinion, is the next Iron Man. Because he's very noticeable. Everybody loves him. And he's already established enough in the MCU where you can just use him. But the MCU, like I said, Phase 5 and on, like, there needs to be a lot more hits than misses. Because here's the problem, right? If Phase 5 fails and Phase 5 flops hard, Marvel is going to start losing consumer trust in their brand. The reason why that will happen is simply because people are watching Marvel and they're like, these shows or movies suck. There, there's no good writing, there's no good character development, and it's all just a bunch of bullshit. The one thing I can say about Spider-Man, outside of Far From uh, yeah, Far From Home, I love his movies. Homecoming was a great movie. I fucking love that movie. I love No Way Home. It's a Spider-Man fan's wet dream. Well, a Spider-Man fan of live action. Spider-Man fans wet dream, right? And when it comes to all the other, you know, appearances he's had in the MCU, they were great as well. They didn't overstay their welcome and they were nice. The problem with going forward in the MCU is you don't have a lot of figureheads, right? In the old Avengers, it was very simple. You had your Thor, you had your Captain America, and you had your Iron Man. You had your three main leaders, and then you had your three support characters being Hawkeye, Black Widow, and the Hulk. But people really liked the supporting cast as well. The problem with the, you know, Avengers right now, and the state of the Avengers is, number one, the Avengers are not people that many people know. You have too big of a heroes list. Most of them are just introduced in Phase 4, haven't been on screen that much. And therefore, don't have enough time with the audience to get connected. I would argue Spider-Man 6 movie appearances has more impact on people than a whole season of Kate Bishop and Hawkeye. And that's simply due to the fact of, number one, girls love Tom Holland. And number two, boys love Spider-Man. It's that simple. It's a winning formula. With Kate Bishop, yeah, there are guys that think Kate Bishop is, you know, a, a good-looking girl. But at the end of the day, Kate Bishop's character in and of itself isn't the most prominent from the comics. And even though you have Haley Steinfeld playing this character, which definitely makes it more notice or makes her character more noticeable, you're also dealing with the problem that men going to watch these movies are not the same as girls going to watch these movies, right? Men are less invested in that emotional stuff going on. And more of the action, the stakes. That's more what the guys are there for. The action and the stakes. The girls are there for the drama. 
Don't get me wrong. A well-written story and characters can make both men and women, you know, cry for the characters, feel for the characters, which is obviously what you need to do. But if we're just talking about in a general sense, guys tend to go to movies that involve action to see action. And girls go to watch the drama side of it, right? That's why Marvel has a winning formula. Girls go in there, they look at the hot, buff dudes that, you know, they have crushes on, and they're invested in the story and the romances, and then meanwhile, you got the guys over there that maybe are like, yeah, you know, Black Widow's hot or whatever, but they're there to watch the explosions and the fighting and the fucking theme music and see things that they read in the comics. Because let's be real here, right? Men are more sexualized in the superhero department than girls are. Especially in the modern day. In every superhero movie that involves a male lead, you see them shirtless at some point or another, right? You always see Captain America, even Iron Man, even though he's not the most, you know, like, buff guy, you still see him shirtless. You see, obviously, Thor. Thor, I think, has gotten it the worst, right? Like, girls go to these movies to watch these guys that are really muscular and huge on screen and get invested into the emotional stories. Men, on the other hand, just go and watch the action. Sure, there might be a hot girl playing a character, but, I mean, let's be real here. The guys are not going to a movie to watch a hot girl on screen for, like, a few seconds. It's just, it's just, no. That's just not how that works, right? If there's a action movie, guys are going to watch the action. Not the hot girls. It just doesn't work that way. So, when you look at making a Young Avengers team, and you look at how do we make people watch the movies, well, number one, you need to get the male audience and the female audience in their seats. So, obviously, making Spider-Man the leader is a no-brainer. The girls think he's attractive, they love Tom Holland, and the guys love Spider-Man, right? So there's your win. There's your easy leader. Now who are your next two figureheads? That's where the problem arises. You could throw Sam Wilson's Captain America in there. You could throw Bucky Barnes in there. You could throw She-Hulk in there. I don't know why you would. That would be a dumb decision, but you could. But at the end of the day, right now... There is not really a third character you can make for the main trio. Spider-Man and Sam Wilson are safe bets. However, who's that third one going to be? You could put Kate Bishop's Hawkeye, but it would make no sense for Kate Bishop to be a leader of the Avengers when she has less experience fighting. And for, you know, the honesty, she just doesn't have superpowers. Why have her be a mainstay leader? Compared to Spider-Man or, um, you know, Sam Wilson's Captain America. It just makes no sense, right? So, it really comes down to, you need to establish the next three main pillars of Marvel. Thor may or may not get made again, because Chris Hemsworth has signs of, what was it, early Alzheimer's or something like that. So Chris Hemsworth is taking a break from acting to fix that. Jeremy Renner got in a horrific 
uh, accident while he was snow plowing. So, you know, I hope both of them feel better, and I hope both of them recover well. Obviously, for Jeremy, it's going to be a long extended one. For Chris, it's kind of a gauging the situation as we go along thing. But because Jeremy Renner got hurt, Hawkeye's out of the picture, and he's probably, he might never play Hawkeye again. He may never play Hawkeye again, unless he comes back after fully recovering years down the road, potentially, as more of like a mentor figure that isn't doing action scenes. But still, at the end of the day, right, you are now like, now you, you've you lost some of your talent because they don't want to do Marvel anymore, which is understandable. And some of the other talent you lost due to medical reasons. And that's also understandable. So now if you're Marvel, you have to think, well, what people do we have? And how do we make the next three pillars of Marvel? If this was me in this moment in time right now, Spider-Man is a no-brainer. Sam Wilson's Captain America is a no-brainer. For two. Who's the third pillar piece? You could put Captain Marvel there. But then again, I don't know why you would. Um, you could put Stephen Strange's Doctor Strange in there. I can't say Ant-Man because we don't know what's going to happen in Ant-Man Quantumania, right? So if it were me, I would put probably Stephen Strange. I would put Sam Wilson's Captain America and Spider-Man. Those would be the three main pillars I would personally have in Marvel going forward. Because despite Doctor Strange 2 not being the best movie, I mean, that or Shang-Chi, you could, you could actually, you know what? Shang-Chi might be a better choice than Stephen Strange because at least his movie was good. No offense to Benedict, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and, you know, the second Doctor Strange movie, it just wasn't good. I'm just going to be real with you. It wasn't good. But at least... With uh, Shang-Chi, he had a good movie. People tend to like the character from what I've seen. It wouldn't be a bad fit. I mean, there's not really much Marvel can do. I mean, you could use Moon Knight, but the problem with Moon Knight is, right? Moon Knight is a very wacky character, and there's a lot more to deal with with Moon Knight in and of himself than you could probably handle. Sure, Thor was a Norse god. But he didn't have multiple personalities, and he's not an avatar for a, a an Egyptian god, right? Like, with Stephen Strange in and of himself, you're dealing with, like, three to four different personalities at once. That's, like, three to four different characters in one character. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot to juggle with there. That's why I wouldn't put Moon Knight in that. And number two, Moon Knight's still new. He still needs to be fleshed out more. And Shang-Chi is really the only option I can think of. It would either be Doctor Strange or Shang-Chi. Miss, er, Miss Marvel, brand new. Kate Bishop, brand new. Moon Knight, brand new. Werewolf by Night, brand new. Can't use Loki in an alternate universe or in between universes, however the fuck that works, right? So you can't use him. Winter Soldier, I mean, he's going to be a part of the Thunderbolts. So who knows what's going on there? Can't talk about any of the Thunderbolt characters because you just don't know. Um, who else did we get introduced to as well? Uh, She-Hulk, brand new character. 
people don't tend to like her on the most part. So, yeah, I mean, for the next three pillars of Marvel, or the main three characters that we are following as leaders of the Avengers, you're really starting to cut a thin line as to who the third one could be. Like I said, Spider-Man, pretty obvious. Pretty much everybody universally likes him. He's the most famous character Marvel has. And as long as them and Sony work together, you could easily make uh, Spider-Man that first pillar. Number two, Sam Wilson's Captain America. Pretty obvious. It's another Captain America figure. Makes sense. And then number three, between Shang-Chi and Doctor Strange, in my opinion, would be the two best choices. Because Doctor Strange has been there for a little while. He's pretty established. And Shang-Chi's movie did well. I wouldn't use any of the Eternals. And I wouldn't use any other character because they're new. They're too new. And people need to get more acquainted with them. So... That's how I would look at it. But Marvel still has to make good projects in Phase 5. If Marvel doesn't, Marvel's going to run into a huge problem. Because if people are watching Phase 5 and they go through another phase, and people continue to dislike Marvel or lose faith, faith in Marvel, by the time you get to the next few Avenger movies, people aren't really going to care. Because if the story leading up to these next Avengers movies are not constructed and executed well, why are people going to give a fuck about your grand finale when they didn't enjoy the journey? You know what I'm saying? Sure, the movie might be a nice one-off, but the journey matters. The reason why the Infinity Saga was so important to most people, and the reason why most people cared about it, is because the Infinity Saga had a great build-up, right? There was so much from Phase 1, 2, and 3... Phase 3 especially, where big things happen, like Civil War, the divorce of the Avengers, um, you know, Ultron, predicting the future, looking at the Infinity Stones, as much as people don't like that movie, Thanos sending the attack on New York and setting up his character as the main big bad coming down the line, right? You know, introducing characters like Spider-Man into the mix, um... The Marvel Daredevil uh, Netflix series, like, you know, even though that wasn't confirmed to be canon and all that other stuff till recently, it still counts now. Like, you know, the original um, Infinity Saga was great. There's a lot to love about the Infinity Saga. Pretty much every movie was good. Every movie was watchable. Sure, Captain Marvel, in my opinion, not a good movie. Most people don't tend to like... Thor The Dark World, for me personally, I like The Dark World and don't like Ragnarok, but interchangeably, right, majority of Phase 3 was watchable. Phase 2 was watchable. Phase 1 was watchable. Everything from Phases 1 through 3 were pretty well executed. There was a good journey, and then you got to Endgame Infinity War, and everybody loved it. And then post-Endgame, I didn't like Far From Home. A lot of people did. I didn't, personally. And then from there on out, everything got sketchy. Loki was good. Moon Knight was good, in my own opinion. I know that one's kind of an iffy one with people. Um, Spider-Man No Way Home was good. Shang-Chi was good. But then you got a lot of duds too, right? Miss Marvel wasn't for everybody. It's geared more towards kids. Personally, I thought it was a pretty okay show. I didn't hate it or anything. Um, but still, it, it's a character that, you know, I think the character of Miss Marvel and, and the actress that portrays her did a great job. It's just kind of the writing. It's always the writing that seems to be the problem. Um, but I enjoyed her character. 
Um, you know, Kate Bishop obviously introducing her in Hawkeye. She did a great job. Love the character there. Um, and then from there, of course, you know, uh, you have, um, do we already say the Eternals? Yeah, Eternals, no one really fucking liked because it was the most boring fucking movie ever. Um, Black Widow doesn't count because technically that's a prequel movie. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier, meh. WandaVision started out great, didn't end off the best. Um, She-Hulk, biggest dud ever. Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, not really that good in terms of the visuals department. Story was meh. Werewolf by Night, pretty solid, pretty decent, enjoyed it a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of bumps in the road with Phase 4. A lot of things happened that were not good for Marvel in Phase 4. So I think for Phase 5, the goal is figure out your main three pillars of the Avengers moving into the next few Avengers movies and make Phase 5 from start to finish phenomenal. Because if you don't, let me tell you, the next few Avengers movies are not going to be as well received. And here's why, right? If the journey from Phase 4 to the next Avengers movie or movies are not good then people are going to, yeah, maybe love the Avengers movies, but chances are people aren't going to actually care much about what happens as a result of those movies. And number two, if people start falling off the Marvel train along the journey to the Avenger movies, right, they're going to be lost in the Avengers movie or they might not just watch it in general. I know Marvel is a powerful brand, and I know that there are people out there that will literally praise anything Marvel does, even if it is complete dog shit. However, you have to critically look at this from a logical perspective. When it comes down to Marvel, okay, Marvel needs to make the journey work to make the big movies work. If your journey to the Avengers movie sucks, why would people want to watch the grand finale? Why would they care what happens in the grand finale? If nobody cares about your characters, they don't care about the journey of those characters, who gives a fuck if they die, and who gives a fuck if they live? No one gives a shit. Spider-Man is one of Marvel's saving graces, and they're sharing that character. Like I said, Spider-Man will probably be the next Iron Man. It would be the smart move to make Spider-Man the next Iron Man. Even though he's a ground-level hero, and I believe Spider-Man's movie should be ground-level, having Spider-Man go from being a ground-level hero de dealing with ground-level threats and rising up to the occasion to fight villains like Kang, Galactus, and Thanos in the other Avenger movies... It's going to show Peter growing as a leader. I think that that's one of the best things about Peter Parker and his youth. Growing Peter into a leader. Be a great fucking story arc, right? And I know I talk a lot about Spider-Man. Because there's a lot of potential with Spider-Man now that we've gotten past the Spider-Iron Man Boy Jr. stage. We now can do a lot with Spider-Man. And actually make Spider-Man turn into a very famous character among the MCU, I mean, sure, he's famous, but more famous, make his character more respectable on levels of, like, Iron Man. 
But, we'll see what Marvel does. We still got a few years before the next Avengers movie. I'm just hoping the journey is worth it. Because, as of right now with Phase 4, I don't care about the next Avengers movie. They have to really hit it out of the park from here on out to get me on board. It's a tall order to fill, but if Kevin Feige slows down the productions and actually gets involved with most of them, I think we'll be fine, but we'll see what happens. But, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to this podcast. I really hope you all enjoyed. This is a longer podcast. I haven't talked with you guys in a while. And while this podcast, I wanted to talk about, yes, of course, Scream and the trailer and what I think is going to happen, which I think is important. I wanted to talk about Marvel because, as you guys know, I am a huge Marvel fan, but I'm very dissatisfied with what Phase 4 gave me. And Phase 5 needs to be good. I, I can't stress this enough. If Phase 5 of Marvel is not good, it is people are going to start leaving the Marvel train. Because if they're not enjoying the content, they're going to fall off. That's just the reality of it. Obviously, will people uh, the amount of people that fall off will it really affect Marvel right now? No. But if time keeps going on where Marvel stuff really just doesn't get better and improve by the time we get to the next Avengers movie, there could be significant losses among the fan base. And then, you know, who knows what DC is going to do. I don't keep track of DC stuff on this channel, but if DC turns things around and Marvel is losing people, they're going to have to start worrying about DC becoming a major competitor in the live action space. So, like I said, Marvel needs to start getting their shit together very soon. Because Phase 5 has a lot riding on it. But... Thank you very much for listening. I hope you all enjoyed. The next time we do a podcast here on the main channel, uh, we are probably going to be talking about Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Season 2, which is coming out around the 14th of February, I think I said, um, or 15th. So we'll be talking about that when that happens. Um, outside of that, though, if there's any major developments, um, oh yeah, and my, of course, Black Panther Wakanda Forever review, so, that will be coming out. If there's any Ant-Man um, news that comes out or Scream news, I will be sure to report on it. Um, now that I'm, of course, doing all this audio only, I don't have to worry about setting up video and I can just turn on my phone and go right at it. And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm doing this on my phone instead of doing it on my computer and shit because that just takes forever to set up. Um, but, yeah. So, ultimately, if any news comes out on Ant-Man or Scream, I will get on top of it or any other Marvel news that's, like, really big. I will make sure to get on top of it for you guys. And yeah, so from this point forward, audio-only podcast for the main channel. And I will try to pump out as much content as I can because now that I'm doing audio-only and I'm probably going to record it on my phone rather than on my computer setup, I can do it from wherever, whenever. So yeah. But thank you very much for listening. Hope you all enjoyed. And I will catch you all in the next one.